Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, British actor and satirist Tom Walker, known to millions across the English-speaking world as Jonathan Pye, a.k.a. the UK's angriest reporter, as seen in a series of celebrated viral videos. He has brought his Jonathan Pye back to the studio tour here to the States, and I'm very happy to welcome him here to the studio. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Uh, very well. Thank you so much for uh, for visiting America and bringing what you do here. What do you right. What do you do for what the uninitiated? Do I do? Um, well, I, I I suppose I'm a political satirist, stroke comedian. What does um, satire mean exactly? Um, I think I think satire is uh, it's not necessarily always comedy, but it's about something. I think I think as a satirist, you want to kind of just I think you're trying to change things slightly. Whereas, let's say a a joke is there for a joke's sake to make you laugh. Maybe satire is there to uh, look at the world, I think. Jonathan uh, Swift know. is satire? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Anything. I mean, you always think of satire as political, but, you know, yeah. 1984 is a work of satire. And, okay. And, um, uh, so it can be quite highbrow, but also it can be... I don't know if you've seen um, uh, Peter Serafinowicz do Sassy Trump. Do you Have you heard of this? No, and it's, it's an extraordinary... It's the best bit of satire about Trump I've, I've heard. And he just dubs, word for word, he dubs... Exactly what Trump is saying, verbatim. But he just does it in a really camp voice, like, so, oh my God, like that. And um, it's that satire, because not only is it funny, it makes you listen to what Donald Trump is saying, which makes you then realise that he's saying nothing at all. Do you know what I mean? So, so, so that, to me, is a beautiful piece of satire, because it's amusing, funny, smart, yeah. but it makes you look at the world. Funny and making a point at the same time. I, I guess so, I yeah. throw words like satire and irony around having about 50% of an idea what I'm actually Most words about. I say, <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of that level, I'm pretty sure. If it's over three syllables, uh, you just have to risk it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so many people's first exposure to uh, your your Jonathan Pye character was in this post-Donald Trump election video, obviously hit home more strongly for uh, you know American viewers than stuff about, say, Brexit, would uh, showing a made-up news reporter in a supposedly unguarded moment of venting before we address the message that was in that and other videos, why was doing the character of a reporter to you a particularly apt vehicle for the sorts of messages you wanted to get across? Well, for a start, it's worth saying, you know, I, uh, that, that I'm often accused of having an, an agenda, and I don't. I am, I'm just sort of week on week going, this, that's interesting, let's find an interesting way to look at it. So, so I'm not sort of, although what I've just said about satire, I'm not really trying to change the world, I'm, I'm trying to earn a living <laughs> as a comedian, do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but um, why a news reporter to be honest I'd been an out of work actor for about 15 years and I'd barely had a job and and uh, and that's tough and I came to the as, as uh, 40 was coming over the hill um, I thought I can't do this anymore you know I can't be this poor and I can't be you know but actually that so I so I decided to give up but actually the minute you give up you uh, the jeopardy's gone so I thought do you know what I will just 
do it. And I'd had this character in my head. It was never supposed to be a political um, a reflection about politics. The, the, the joke was, the setup was, what do news reporters say the minute their producer in their ear goes, cut? What do they really think of the news? Or, or how annoyed are they to be out in the, in the cold or the rain? Or So it was a comedic conceit, you know? But the reason I chose that is because when you're poor and you don't have um, any anyone else to do it, me sticking a camera on a tripod, pressing record, putting on a tie and standing outside the Houses of Parliament, you, you don't have to write <laughs> yeah. who this person is. Mm. You know exactly who he is. He's a TV reporter. So, so it meant it was something that I could make on my own for no money at all. Um, and I thought it would last. And I, uh, the first one I ever did, it got 200 views on YouTube. And I thought, oh, my God, that's amazing because I th- because it means that people I don't know have seen it. That was good enough for me. And then about sure. three or four, I did one a week for a, for a while. And I think the fourth one went went pretty pretty viral within the sort of Europe. Yeah, was that a, a Jeremy Corbyn? That thing? was about Jeremy Corbyn, who's yeah. a, who's our opposition leader of the opposition. He's your Bernie Sanders. He's our Bernie Sanders. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's he's lefty. Although, you know, what's interesting in in England, socialism isn't a dirty word, and here it just really is. Do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, you or, can yeah, you ruin know. people with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and then a year or so later, what's interesting is I started Jonathan Pye, and then six months later we voted to leave the EU and Brexit, and then six months a year after that Donald Trump hit the White House, and you go, "There's no." I mean, I am fortunate in so many respects. The worse the world gets, the better my career does, which is great. Um, yeah, people are looking um, de- for depending com- on your politics. Well, but I think everybody's yeah. looking for uh, comedic catharsis from yeah. those sorts of things. You know, I, I always remember the. It, it, Probably the greatest comedy I've ever enjoyed was The Onion is a, is a national international yeah, yeah, phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. I was in New York when September 11th happened. Yeah. And I remember reading the local, the Village Voice, and they just said, comedy as we know it is over. Uh, pop music as we know it is over. We will never be the same again. Nothing can ever be fun again. And I remember reading that and saying, yeah, I believe that's probably true. That did yeah, not seem that hyperbolic at all. Within 24 hours. Uh, 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 but actually what, what that is, is, is uh, I, think, I think it is hyper, hyperbolic. And, 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 and you knew it at the time, but it was someone trying to articulate how that day felt. And then it we woke felt up, yeah, like, and then we I'll woke never up smile again. You a, know. a week later, in, uh, I don't remember if it was print or the online version, it was uh, The Onion puts up America Under Attack, holy fucking shit. Yeah, and it was just like killer headline after a killer, and you, you yeah. laughed to the point of tears because yeah. you actually needed that, and that's. The well, there, thing. there is a catharsis to yeah. it, and and I think a lot of people. Um, I mean, I, I you know a lot of the time I go I go down that you know the the traditional liberal way because people want to hear their views articulated, but I think it's important every now and then for me to to hold a mirror up to my my demographic and say you're getting it wrong as well but even in that respect it's it's cathartic you know and i think yeah. i think post trump and post brexit where we are but post trump uh, th- those people that didn't vote for trump i mean i still think uh, a lot of people that didn't vote for trump are still in shock they still can't quite get used to him behind that seal of the presidency. A lot of, you know... Um, oh, yeah. You, you know... There's ample uh, evidence um, to so, demonstrate so, that. Yeah, so people people are people are still trying to trying to vent that, you know, and, and they have to vent that if they're going to win next time. They, they've got to pick themselves up, brush themselves down and go, right, what did we do wrong? Not, 
what is he doing wrong? What did we do wrong? Sure, yeah, yeah, and and and, and to in, at least in our national liberal dialogue, I haven't seen that that conversation is really substantially started. But the good news is we still have like eight or nine days to pull that <laughs> to have that. This is exactly my point. To man. have that, I mean, to have I mean, that reckoning you know, and figure out where if, we go from if, there. If two years later, still every. Um, not every, but but still the narrative appears to be, well, hey, everyone that voted for him is stupid, mm-hmm. racist, bigoted, thick, misogynistic, um, apologist for sexual abuse, blah, blah, blah. And if you're still carrying that narrative, it means you, I don't want to listen to them. I'm not going to talk to them because they're bad people. If you're not going to talk to them, that's, it's impossible for you to persuade them to vote otherwise. And therefore, um, Trump wins a second term. And that's on you. Uh, it it absolutely is. And that's why – so your publicist sent me your video and I frankly gave it a, a courtesy view. I, I expected to <laughs> I expected to dislike it. And the thing that I really responded to was if I were to boil the, the point of the six-minute video down to, to one point, I, I think it, it, it is it, – the left is responsible for what's happening and the left needs to look in the mirror and, and, and figure out what they did to enable – not a Republican pre- – I figured it was – you know, we, this is what we do in America. Yeah, you know, a liberal be, yeah. wins, Republican wins. Yeah. I, you know, Ted Cruz is going to be president. That's yeah, kind of yeah. weird. We'll, yeah. we'll, you know, weirder things have happened. You let Donald Trump happen. Mm-hmm. You let Trump University mm-hmm. guy. You let the guy with the funny haircut mm-hmm. who we all know is full of shit. Well, you well, let a, you, you the let presenter a, you, of the Celebrity Apprentice. You let a you demagogue have the White House. Well, and you yeah. can say, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger's the Terminator or whatever. You let yeah. a demagogue into, yeah. you know, you let a guy who's shamelessly pandering to uh, people's worst instincts mm-hmm. and you can't figure out how it's your fault that this has happened. Because I I think the I just saw a, a fact, who knows if this is true, moments before you got here that said, one study just came out this morning, 6% of America represents the far right. 67% represents what they refer to as the exhausted majority. And I don't think liberals have yet reckoned with the fact that I mean, that we know this and we say it, but really internalize this fact. There are people who voted for Barack Obama who then voted for Donald Trump. I've spoken to a huge amount of people, a lot of people who've said, oh, if Bernie was on the ticket, I'd have voted for him. So you swap from Bernie mm-hmm. to Trump. Yeah. Now, that, now a lot of people go, no, no, that, could, no, that, that, that is the truth. You know, the, the, the White House was there for the taking. Um, I mean, I, and when, I mean, I made when I made that video, I, 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 I wasn't stupid enough to know that I wasn't being contrary. You know, I, everyone expected me to go out there and go, Trump is demonstrably a terrible president, right? Well, well, I thought, well, I've got four to eight years to do that. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, pace, I've got four to, four to eight years to 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 reflect upon his presidency. What about? because uh, people won't won't be expecting it. What about if I just put the boot into Hillary? Um, and, the, and that's interesting satirically because you weren't expecting it. Uh, and also what was interesting is the week before I, I'd, I'd done that, I'd done a piece about what are the differences between Hillary and Trump? Because I'd heard a lot of people go, well, they're all as bad as each other. You go, no, no, they are demonstrably very different policy-wise, you know? And then right at the end, my producer in the ear sort of said, who do you think's going to make it? And I just thought it would be a funny, dramatic end to go, I think Trump's going to win. I personally didn't think so, but I thought it was dramatically funny to, to make Pi think Trump had it in the back. Yeah. So the next week, when we when we wrote our response to, to Trump, I said, well, that's going to be the starting point. The starting point is, he said, well, of course he won. Of course he won. I could see this coming a mile off. And actually, it's a narrative that I've heard a lot more. I've heard a lot of journalists say when when during the election campaign that when they were in the, 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 the mid, you know, the red, the rust belt and blah, 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 and going to some of these and some of the swing states that Hillary thought she had in the bag, they were on the ground and they were coming back telling their editors, 
Trump's going to do this. Mm-hmm. And all the editors turn around and go, no, he isn't. Don't be yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. We're, we're going to start printing our front covers with President Hillary on the front, which they did, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's that complacency as well. I mean, I, uh, Pai said very early on in the campaign, um, I, I said, uh, the minute the Democrats think they've got it in the bag is the minute Trump takes the White House. And I think that happened about three... Uh, it, it was actually the, the uh, you know, the grabbing the pussy thing. I think that's when the Democrats went, he's blown it. And oddly enough, that meant he got in. Does that make sense? I know in what you're saying. Sort of that's it, when they took, the, the, the minute I saw that yeah. tape, I jumped for joy because I went, that's, he can't recover from that. He can't. Yeah, we have a bit of like a tortoise and a hare moment of, of now, now, now the hare can take a nap. Mm. You know, that's what, what happened. I, 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 really I guarantee that, yeah. you that, that Hillary was taking transition meetings in, in the White House before Election Day. Yeah, I would imagine you, Do you know so. what I mean? Without a doubt, they, they I, were talking I, I, about I, I, how they're going to do that. I couldn't have know. possibly been more wrong. I, I don't have any real affection for Hillary Clinton. We all have our own little personal narratives. I have always perceived her as a carpetbagger because I'm a native – well, I'm from New Jersey, but I, I was an adult in came into adulthood in New York. And after Bill got out of the White House, she just showed up in New York and she was like, well, I'll be your senator now. And that'll that's cool for you guys. Right. And then that'll be the thing that I have to do so I can just go back and be in the White House myself. And mm-hmm. I was like, don't make me don't make me like Rudy Giuliani, because that's what you're yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what yeah. you're doing to me right now. So I didn't have any real affection for her. I didn't follow the primary. I don't didn't follow politics all that closely until a couple of years ago. What I knew about Bernie Sanders, I was like, yeah, that's cute. But we we got to keep Trump cannot be president. Hillary's the safe bet. So let's just let's make that happen. She's the devil I know. Mm-hmm. And that's this. But is- also that's why she lost, because that's how she ran her campaign. Not quite. I am the devil, you know, but it was <laughs> it was basically more of the same. Yeah, more of the same, mm-hmm. and it's exactly what happened with Brexit. Um, it, in in the UK, Brexit, the decision was um, leave the EU, mm-hmm. and that will be a change, or stay in the EU and stick to exactly what we've got. Now, if you're poor, working class, struggling to put food on your table, someone saying more of the same is not an attractive offer. Trump came in and he went, "I am going to take a sledgehammer to Washington." more of the same or something completely bonkers and change I totally get more and more I'm beginning to understand why he was an attractive uh, offer because the only other thing on the table was um, no pay rise for you for the next four years just we'll keep ticking along and the rich will keep getting richer and the poor will just you you can stay where you are you know it's interesting to me that there's no real enthusiasm as far as I can tell yeah I read The Economist, so I feel like I'm kind of up to date on what's going on with Britain. Yeah. I, frankly, yeah, yeah. I skip over the British section more often than not because it's just it's just Brexit. I feel and, like- and don't forget, I'm British and I am a political satirist <laughs> and I find Brexit extraordinarily dull. Yeah. It is it is the political moment of our generation, mm-hmm. of several generations. Yeah. It, it fundamentally changes um, uh, the UK. But my God, it's... It's negotiating trade deals. Yeah, that's, that, what, it that's is. what it is. It's incredibly um, it, tedious. It's, it's us negotiating our way out of an economic block. That is what it is. That is what Brexit is. It is not um, us leaving our neighbours. It's it's about all the EU is is an economic block, and by virtue of that, it's hundreds and hundreds of trade deals. Yeah, and and and. Um, uh, th- that's it. Yeah, it's a so, very so, it's a so very it's, boring movie starring Theresa May. It really is. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a really boring movie. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But I, I, 
I've always wondered why uh, I, I'm just, a, I guess, an incredibly boring person myself. When it comes down to it, I've always considered myself sort of, a, you know, left-leaning centrist. And you go, well, why can't there be a third party? And the, the stock answer that you would hear from a somewhat intelligent person in America is because, dude, the the Democrats and Republicans are already Tweedledee and, and Tweedledum. There's no ideological room between where they, they talk a big game and they uh, emphasize their differences, but they're actually the same thing. Well, now I'm not really sure that's where we are living. Now I feel like, uh, and I, I feel like the U.S. and the U.K. are on very strange but very parallel tracks where you are in the same situation that we are in where... Uh, okay, so to, uh, so May is not like a far right person, but your only alternative is a, a far left person. And well, I, think I mean, that- I, 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 I mean, uh, far left is what's what's difficult is we consider Jeremy Corbyn or Bernie Sanders far left mm-hmm. these days, but because that because of that very point that for the last twenty thirty years, well, since Clinton really the third way, um, left wing politics didn't exist anymore. It was all about centrist. So in our country, for, for since Tony Blair really. Um, for 20 years, uh, you've got this centrist government or you've got that centrist government. Um, so it's all about personality. So for 20 years, it's been about who do you prefer? Because actually their policies are demonst- demonstrably the same. What we have in our country now, we have a centre-right um, and we also have a a left, not centre-left, a left for, for a centre-left party. But he's a, he's a left-leaning um uh, very left leaning, but he's—I wouldn't say he's far left. He's not communist. He's not—that's far left to me. In the same way that Trump isn't isn't far right. Okay. He isn't. He, he's not alt right. But the, I hear him called far right all the time. It's like, do you know what a Nazi is? You, you know, he's not a Nazi, and 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 I hear that all the time. You know. Well, and I constantly try to correct people, and this gets me in all sorts of trouble. That you, I think you have to distinguish between what are things he, what are the things he says, and what are the things that he does, because yeah. there's a, there's a chasm there, yeah. and then. What are the things that he does that, again, I assumed we were going to get a Republican president, any old Republican was going to do. Frankly, you guys, sh- if, if you're anti-Trump, you should be happy that he somehow is so unable to work with his own party. That- well, because because the thing is, Trump Trump isn't a Republican. No, he's not. And, and he, he, politically, he's not. I mean, um, when it, uh, fiscally, he isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's about uh, shutting down trade. Uh, you know, uh, Republicans, sh- I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was all about, um, you know, globalization and, and uh, from a trade sort of point of view. And, and he's, yeah, he, remo- seems to, he seems yeah. to be exactly the opposite of that. He seems to have about two governing principles when it really comes down to it. Everything else is sort of shooting from the hip. But right, you're talking about, you know, de- de- well, so domestically, he's as much about deregulation as any garden variety Republican okay. would be, but, but internationally, yeah, you're right. I suppose actually from an international point of view, cause I'm looking at, at it from, from a UK perspective, we don't really hear much about his domestic policy apart from he's taken a slash all over your healthcare as, as quickly as he can, mm-hmm. or, you know, or we, we don't really hear, we just hear about his, you know, spats with Kim Jong-un and, uh, you know, and, Putin and, and all of that, really. Do you feel like, um, see, it's tough to talk about our respective countries. I want to ask you, do you feel like being outside of the country, you you're, you and your nation have any insight because of your perspective and objectivity on Donald Trump that we wouldn't have here? But I I read something that I found very interesting, and I, I, su- I suppose this is probably true, that do, do you live in London? Yeah. You and I probably have more in common with one another than either of us does with someone who lives in like the hinterland yeah. of either of our countries. Yes. I've just met you. 
pretty sure if you and I went to go to lunch and have a sandwich, we would find things to talk about yeah, for yeah, an yeah, hour. Yeah, I'm not yeah. entirely sure that would happen yeah. if I went to, you know, lunch with like an out of work, you know, steel worker from, you know, uh, yes. you know, um, so I don't know if you, if any of us are in a position to speak on behalf of our nations. Do you, do you feel like you have your finger on the pulse of the UK? Like basically what, do, what do you think the UK thinks about Donald Trump that America doesn't see? Well, what, since coming here, what I realise is there is a lot more respect for Donald Trump than I expected. How's that? Um, that that, that um, well, I've spoken to a lot of people who um, <clears throat> don't find him that bad. Where, whereas in the UK, mm-hmm. I mean, y- you'd be hard pushed to find anything positive anyone would say about him. Is that the U- is is there not? Because I I thought the same thing about Canada because Canada elected a, a you know a liberal president and then I went there and did radio shows there and when we were away from the cities it was very easy to find people who I'm pretty sure would be happy to have Donald Trump as their president instead of Justin With, without Trudeau. A doubt. I mean I've met a huge amount of people who were really who are happy to vote for him and are, and are happy with him. Yeah. Whether they're right or wrong is neither here nor there but we have not. to accept that that's that's the case. No I I I, I, I genuinely think uh he doesn't care but when he when he tweets saying america's standing in the world is is so much great it's best it's ever been i mean that that's bonkers i mean that that's a lie i mean you you talk to, you, you look at anyone outside of uh, anyone in europe yeah the european leaders i mean you can you can see it on their faces when they're in his presence like what is he doing now whether they're right or wrong is neither here nor there but but um no, he doesn't. He doesn't garner much respect outside of the U.S. I, I, um, no, <laughs> I've got nothing more to say there. Really, I mean, I've yet to meet a Brit yeah. who who has and who um, thinks he's good. I've met some Americans in Britain who voted for him. But but um, I met he's a... just an anomaly to us, you know. I mean, yeah. our politicians are so boring and staid anyway. Yeah. Um, that that uh, the idea that we would, you know, um, I don't know, have Piers Morgan as as prime minister or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just like is what? it is it you out know? of the the question though? Because I also think that he's a function of a really exhausted political class, and now we have you know our political class is more manufactured. You know, in in America. You make the money dirty, and then you clean it up in the next generation, and then the grandson could be president. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the model. It, yeah. you, you would be coming from a longer lineage, and you know, um, a, a, an established class in in England. But I look at again, assuming well, if it was probably going to be a Republican, and you know, Hillary Clinton, someone who hated her to begin with, when you already have. 35 40% of the electorate who would vote for anybody over you it's very very tough for you to become president but you look at the rogues gallery that the republicans were were offering and i'm not impressed by what the democrats are offering at a national level either it, I, it, it seems like just about anybody with some charisma and a brain could come up and trump these fools i think we've all just accepted that somebody from the political class is going to become the the president is that not the same i don't isn't there someone i mean i'm not saying hugh grant should be should be prime minister but what is it that impossible to think that somebody could come like a real outsider could come along who already has some sort well, of stature start, and sy- make her look bad? Uh, for a start, our system is, is is different. So you've got to be a member of parliament. You right. can't. You can't. I mean, in theory, Donald Trump coming out and going, "I'm running for president." It looks to me like if you've got enough money, you can run for president. Well, you <laughs> can't run the country unless you've been. Uh, 
elected. It, what I mean by that is you have to be a member of parliament for your yeah. party to decide they want you to be their lead. We don't vote for our prime minister. That's right, yeah. But, you know, we vote for our for our politicians and our politicians vote who they want to be their leader, right? So we, so we don't get a say in that respect. So you, you've got to be uh, either a, a career politician or a vocational politician. I prefer to have a vocational politician because it means you're there to do the job rather than a career politician is someone who's just power hungry, I think. So what's the what would be an example of somebody? Well, Jeremy Corbyn is a vocational uh, politician in the sense that he has spent 40 years grassroots campaigning for this, that and the other and blah, blah, blah. Never expected to be leader. He's not a career politician. He's always been a backbencher um, and through uh, fate has found himself leading his party. Uh, whereas someone like um, Theresa May is a career politician. You know, you, you, you start out to get to the top. That's what you want. You want to be in cabinet. She wanted the home office. She she had she had her eyes on prime minister. She had the eyes on the prize for a long time. And every decision made along yeah. the way is and, and the career politician is to do with self serving. I want to be. The, I want to have the power as opposed to I want to help as many people as I can. Yeah, um, not to suggest that all career politicians are corrupt and bad, but there is there is a demonstrable difference there. Yeah. And, so and, so, and, so Hillary mm-hmm. is without a doubt by the time she was running for president, she was a career. Politician, like you say, she, I want to. I'm going to do New York. Then I need Secretary of State. Yeah. Then I need uh, half a, t- uh, um, a term off to distance myself from you, so that I can run on my own terms. Blah blah blah. So that was a uh, you know a career. Whereas Bernie, I'm not sure that was. I think he. Uh, he I think he's a bit more of a. Uh, vocational politician. Well, I just saw him as you know Vermont's great joke on the Senate. Is we're going to keep sending this guy who can't get a bill passed, and we know that we didn't expect that we, you know, we could either send somebody who could get a bunch of bills passed that uh, we were not really interested in, or we could just send the guy who will constantly be throwing paper airplanes into what you guys are doing, and that, and we're pretty happy with that. But 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 I mean, uh, someone's got to say it, you know. So it's yeah. not bad, you know. I mean, he he, he doesn't. He's not talking nonsense a lot of the time. He's, yeah. he, he talks a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. one person in, in in that chamber who says, "Hang on a minute, yeah, what about what about what about healthcare? A healthcare plan that is that we we begin what the plan is going to be based upon what is best for our citizens, and rather than what is best for us. Um, well, politically, we happen to disagree with." Um, do, do you know what I mean? I do, um, and I don't mean. And, I, and it sounds like I'm being uh, flippant about no, him. No, no, I don't. No. I, I don't mean to belittle who he is or what he is about. But it, it seemed like it was less about him trying to, you know, as they say, politics is the art of the possible. Yeah. So here's what yeah, I, yeah, I, t- I take that point. He, yeah, here's yeah. what I am, and here and here's what I want. Here's what I can get. Let me figure out how to get it. He seemed like they were happy to send somebody who represented their principles. And I also think he brought home a lot of bacon for. Home yeah, state. but also I, I believe that he started his presidential campaign. Not, you know, everyone set out thinking they knew what was going to happen, right? I think Bernie entered the campaign as, uh, I think he was surprised how far he got. Hell yeah. But, but, but therefore, his point was to nudge these nominees towards uh, that agenda. So he he could promise the impossible because he hoped that it would draw them yes. towards, you know, by virtue of him doing that, he did really, really well. And yeah. what was interesting is, I mean... He, you know, he could have become the nominee, mm-hmm. and he is a socialist. And you, you could have ended up with a with a proper lefty president there. You know, I think what's it? I mean, I, I hear a lot of different people 
people's take on whether um, Sanders would have done better against Trump. And and the majority of people say, no, no, he probably wouldn't. But I do think what the big difference between Bernie and Hillary was Bernie had a groundswell oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, support. Yeah. There was it, it was a movement in the same way that MAGA was, right? In mm-hmm. the same way as Make America Great Again. Yeah. Was, was a, Trump was a movement. And, and Hillary was, there's just, even the people who love her, you can see behind their eyes that they're kind of kidding themselves that that, that she's that, that it, she was difficult to get passionate about i think um, th- I, there were some women who i think were really passionate about her who were willing to believe certain things about her because of, i think it was so um you know scintillating to to imagine a woman being president whereas i've spoken to a lot of women who kind of go her saying vote for me i'm a woman wasn't good enough i found it really yeah, patronizing absolutely. yeah and and, the, the, and it was a turn-off yeah and then for, I also read not the fact that she was a woman but the fact that she was using being a woman as Hey, I'm progressive. I'm a woman. You have it's to like Theresa May. Everyone yeah. says, "Oh, it's really progressive. You've got a female prime minister." No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Why? Because she's not a progressive. It's got nothing. Her gender has nothing to do with it. Yeah, um, she's either a progressive or she isn't. Yeah, it becomes like tokenism. I remember reading a which thing, is so patronising. Of course it know? is. Of yeah. course it is. Uh, that uh, some woman who was like the oldest living resident in Washington State before the election, they asked her who she was going to vote for, and she said Trump. And they said why, and she said, "I just don't think a woman should be president." I was like, "Well, maybe we should stop interviewing 107 year old women for for the newspaper." But unfortunately, that's the baggage that. But also that's the comes. narrative, isn't it? The, yeah. That, that any woman that didn't vote for Hillary is uh, a misogynist, an internalized misogynist. And you know, any, you know. right, exactly. And, they, it, and it's such a useless narrative. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is actually go, let's assume that they don't hate all women. Yeah. Let's assume that. Let's assume that the majority of people don't hate all women. Let's assume and the, the majority and, of women uh, don't hate all women. Yeah, 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 for the yeah, sake yeah, of conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So instead of going, instead of going, oh my God, you voted for Trump. Yeah. You must be a misogynist. Mm-hmm. What you should do is go, oh my God, you voted for Trump. Why? What are your reasons? Why? Mm-hmm. And then shut up and listen. Yeah. And then you can you can debate back. Uh, um, you know, I I, I, I I was at Politicon at the LA convention because um, I'm filming a documentary over here, and I spoke to to a lot of Trump voters, and they were smart, they were funny, they most of them were like, oh god, yeah, I wish he'd stop tweeting, but. They were up on policy, which that's what really amazed me, is that is, is most, the majority of Trump voters I spoke to started with policy first. His personality has got nothing to do with it. I thought it was it, it was fascinating. And by virtue of that, I, I, I know that I will be a better debater mm-hmm. with people who are considering voting for him for a second time because I've listened to what they want. Next time round, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I'm better armed yeah. with with an argument because I've allowed them allowed them to speak. Yeah, you know your enemies, you know? so to speak, yeah. and, and everybody builds a, a coalition to get elected to any form of government and. There were the anti-Clintonistas, and there were the the people who like yelling, um, who like going to Nazi rallies and yelling at reporters. But then there were a lot of people who have very mundane political reasons, and it's been funny to me to watch the press, uh, the Economist, for which I'm really starting to lose faith in. Um, I just assume that they were like the greatest, and the more I'm like, mm, I, sm- I smell a little bit of a. 
Just because you put O's in words that end in O, it put U's in words that end in O R. You might not be smarter than me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 China thing, for example, you can disagree with. You know, I do not pretend to understand the nuts and bolts of that at all. But it was like, oh, what is he doing? What do you what, what what's your plan? You you you're, you're you don't understand even understand international finance and economics and tariffs and stuff. And now they've seemed to arrive that well, yeah, we all knew you had to do something about China. We absolutely needed to change tack, but he doesn't know what he's doing and yep. it's like oh so we did need a radical new approach on china now that that cat's out of the bag yeah we i think can all sometimes just... i think sometimes if the press uh would occasionally go he didn't do bad there actually mm-hmm. it, it, people would have a lot more a lot more respect for him there's also this kind of thing and it happens here and it happens in the uk as well you know let's go out on the street and and talk to your average guy about what they think about about why they voted trump or about why they voted for brexit and you can see the editor somewhere you know wandering around the streets kind of going right we need to find someone to interview who who voted for trump mm-hmm. that guy's got a swastika tattoo <laughs> let's interview him do you go you know no, he's not representative and yeah. don't pretend that he is. No. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That that happens a lot. Right, and I wanted to talk to you about that as well. It goes without saying that your your character, Jonathan Pye, is a critique of the mainstream media as well. I mean, it almost answers itself, but can you go into the reasons why you feel like the mainstream news media is letting down? Well, I, I am dubious of this kind of, uh, this new sort of, fake news thing uh, that uh, I, I you know news outlets have always had a uh, a political bent you know mm-hmm. um, and maybe it's got worse but I, I think you know someone critiquing Trump is not fake news you know and, but they do have to be careful when they score an own goal when they do make things up I find it extraordinary when they make things up about Trump because you go he does it for you mm-hmm. you don't have to elaborate what, what's an know? example that you're thinking of um, I mean, the Times has certainly had to retract. A, the New York Times has certainly had to retract a couple of stories. Yeah, and 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 and, and even one retraction, uh, you, you you hand him it. You, you hand him it on yeah. a plate mm-hmm. if you make it up. If you if you you um, yeah, journalists, you, you, you simply can't be wrong. Journalists have got the journalists that are against Trump have got to get better. Because if he'll lie about you anyway. He'll lie and say it's fake news. But if he doesn't need to lie because he's got proof that you made something up, then, then you, you know, you will continue. People will begin to believe his narrative rather than yours. And his narrative is you're all making it up, you know. Um, is, so it's an interesting yeah. time to be Pi. So I, I, although I'm a, a, a satire of, of the media, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not always hypercritical of it. You know, a free press has got a... A massive role to play in a democracy, and it is under threat from Trump. And yes, there is good and bad journalism, but that is the price you pay for a free press, just as uh, the price you pay for free speech is people having horrible opinions being allowed to say them. Yeah, you know. So, so, um, I, I, but I think if you know, if if journalists are serious uh, about. If they want, if they, if journalists want to change the world, i.e., they want to get Trump out of the White House, they've got to get smarter. Rather than going, he's just stupid, and so is everyone that voted for him. Yeah, it, I mean, in that way, they're completely representative of uh, it's this echo chamber between the left leaning, between left leaning America and and the media itself. They're just feeding each other 
I also don't think that the left-leaning media, i.e. most of it, has really reckoned with the reality of they're still doing oh my god can you they're fueling uh the 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 outrage well, factory telling us what we want to hear right that's exactly and, and right if you think about um, what, what, that's exactly what, right. what being left-wing and what being liberal mean these days mm-hmm. um i've said it time and time again being left-wing being a liberal used to be a working class necessity right yeah. Being left wing and being a liberal now is a middle class hobby. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you, you know mean. Exactly it used to I mean. be that fat cats are out to get you, and you need the liberal party to to uh, allow your strength in numbers to coalesce around a movement. Yes. And yeah. now it it is, and I just find that the left. I find has a winning hand on most of the things that'll actually get people get out and 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 vote. Maybe not climate, but so many other things. And they just blow it. They have. Well, they blow it because they're so snooty about it. They're yes. so snobby about it. Yes. And and this is the thing: um, liberals and left lefties aren't talking to the working classes anymore. They're pandering to 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 middle class problems, and, uh, such yeah. as inclusivity mm-hmm. and you know um, equal uh, equal pay. And when I say equal pay, I'm talking for CEOs. Do you know what I mean? And and uh, we need more women in the boardroom. It's like no, you need to make sure poor women can. Fight for, you know, those are the concerns, and we need to be addressing poor people, working class people, because I tell you what happens if you ignore their concerns. They're, they're asking, the, the, the left are asking, why are the rich getting richer and why have I got no more money in my, in my um, you know, on my table? Um, you know, if, if ever they ask a question about, is it maybe immigration? Ah, oh, we're not talking to you, you're a racist. You know, it's a reasonable concern yeah. to be concerned about immigration. But but it's exactly the same in our country. You know, mm-hmm. we need strong borders. That makes you a racist. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a funny, it's not fair. It's, and that's what I mean. It is, is I think, it, there's a perfect example, immigration. The left has a completely winning hand in basic, simple theory of... We're a nation of immigrants, and it's, it, that's a different conversation between yeah, the sure, UK sure. and here, because we're a nation of, of immigrants. That's how we all got here. So we all believe it's part of our fundamental myth of how we see ourselves that you can come here. My grandfather came here from Ireland yeah. and uh, was dirt poor, couldn't go home for family's funerals, and he did awful jobs so that my dad could get a little bit further so I could be here today. Yeah. We all subscribe to that. It makes us feel good about ourselves, yeah. and yet being pro-immigrant is because of how unable the left is to, uh, to have a conversation about it. Right. So we know people are illegally passing into the border. He wants to build a wall. That is abhorrent to probably a majority of Americans. Yeah. What are we going to do instead? What, what's what are your we, solution? What are we going to do instead? Yeah, you're absolutely You know, absolutely and, and right. I, that's the thing that I've, I think where I've learned that I've got to shut up around even people that I'm friendly with who's, uh, you know, people I love whose opinions I respect is when you talk about something like a sanctuary city and it's like, can you not see how you're handing him a massive victory when you go, we don't fucking care. We don't care how they got here. We don't care if some of them killed people. They're fucking in here and they're not going anywhere. Fuck you, Trump. Like, you do not see how you are winning a battle and losing a war when you... I've been you... holding my tongue this whole interview and then suddenly you come out with the with F fucking hell and fuck it. I've been, get, I've been wanting to say... I, I didn't realize I was about to swear. I'm gutted. No, you can absolutely curse. Just do it a little, cl- yeah. just do it a little bit closer. Sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, go on. Sorry, sorry. No, that's, that's pretty much the yeah. point is there, there are... Um, I think the vast majority of Americans are um, 
believe in an individual's right to self-determination and are sympathetic to gay people, that's been demonstrated, and are increasingly sympathetic to, to transsexual people. But now... Just fucking coincidentally, two weeks before midterms, the Trump administration's doing something transsexual so that the left can get all fired up so that he doesn't even need to say it. Ordinary, hardworking Americans, disadvantaged Americans can look at that and say, this is what the left cares about. Yeah. The left doesn't care about yes, exactly. the problems exactly. of ordinary Americans. You know, it cares about a very small, very yes. small subsection of yes. people who largely live in cities yes. that I will never meet. Yes, absolutely. And and uh, so you go and ask someone from a, a, a poor city somewhere, you go, what are your top three concerns? Mm-hmm. Well, the economy, um, immigration and um, uh, welfare for my dying grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a left would go why aren't trans issues in there because it's not it doesn't concern me what about gay marriage you go well yeah sure each to their own but it's not a concern of mine what about do do you think there's enough black or brown faces on the TV I don't care I I like the TV but I'm I'm trying to feed my kids Mm -hmm. and the left turn around and go well look at him he's a homophobe he's a racist no he's not he's just poor and he wants policies that speak to him and if you don't give him policies that speak to him then there's a void and that void is filled by whoever's talking and Trump's good at talking and that's why I'll say again it it just is crazy to me that I've never seen a better moment in in my life where I thought you could drive a truck through the center of this I mean I said I started saying it as a joke two years ago and I absolutely mean it right now if Dwayne the Rock Johnson who by all accounts is more right-leaning than you would assume for a Hollywood celebrity mm-hmm. just shows up and goes everybody calm the fuck down I got this get on my back follow me to Freedomville yeah, 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 Trump's yeah, yeah. done yeah Trump is done I yeah. firmly believe that and I also think that people have sort of missed because of their exuberance over Trump or because of the uh, feeding off of the the Trump outrage from the other side or, or be, be, because of all of the, the weirdness of the particulars of the situation, people have not taken a step back and realized there is Donald Trump is the president and probably the best competitor for him is would have been a, a socialist. This is a moment of unprecedented political opportunity. Somebody, anybody with a message that will resonate with people on a deep level can be president. Why would you get hung up on? Well, some of the people like to hear socialist leaning shit and some of the people like to hear grab them by the pussy stuff or or, or whatever it is. Anybody who just comes across as a sincere human being who cares about something can fucking be president with no experience whatsoever. Yeah. Could just show up. Yeah. I mean, really, I keep on waiting. And also, you know, tr- Trump, uh, you know, the Republicans did not want him. No, of course not. They and still there don't. must be things in place for them to be able to go, we really don't want him. And and yet he did it. So, so uh, oh, there most certainly were. Yeah. You know, in so, the same so, way that so Clinton, if you're that Clinton any Democrat, to, yeah. any Democrat can go, I, if you've got enough money, mm-hmm. can go, I'm, I'm running. I'm doing it. You know, I, I don't think it would be a total black mirror plot at this point to have a reality show to find America's next great presidential candidate and, and and vet somebody by virtue of reality TV that we can all get behind. And we all feel like we actually know no embarrassing stuff's going to come out because we already looked for all of it during the TV show. Yeah. This person gets votes. This person gets on the ticket. I mean, it's the downside of that obviously is if anybody can be president, we all know that there are some really creepy I want to say men and women but it's men there's a couple of really creepy dudes sitting in a basement right now going wait till they get a load of me because we've also seen how we thought we were better than demagoguery and we're not yeah Yeah. we're not yeah I mean yes there's positives and negatives anyone can become president (laughs) 
<laughs> anyone can become president. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like it would be kind of hard to make to maximize your income as a political satirist when you are not actively pandering to the left or the right. I see you as like a, you're more of like the self-flagellating left. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think it makes it more interesting. Actually. Well, right. I think it makes it more interesting to, I mean, the, the live show that I'm doing here, you know, I start off the first 20 minutes, half an hour, a little bit of Theresa May, and then a, 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 lot, oh, we of, love a lot and then a lot of Trump. <laughs> yeah. And you go, well, that's, that's what we paid you money for. Mm-hmm. Great. Halfway through the show, it's like, right, I'm going to, now I'm turning the mirror on you. And actually, that's when the show gets interesting. And you've got people sat there going, oh, my God, yeah, I do that. And laughing at themselves, but also some soul searching. And, and Like, and, what's an example of that? It's um, an example. Well, in, in, in the show, there's this, there's this whole conceit that he uh, he's said an unfunny, uh, an offensive joke. And, and someone in the audience has tweeted it. And, and it's exploded across the Internet. Um, and so, so it gets me talking about offence culture, uh, about how this idea that you seem to even you seem to enjoy being offended that that seems to be political discourse now it, it, from the left. You know, it's, you, you, you yeah. offended me, therefore I will not talk to you. And you go, well, offence is subjective, mm-hmm. and and also, if you're offended. No one cares. No one cares if you're offended. And if they do, they're lying, right? Because offence is an emotion that you can't help. So what you might find funny, your producer might not find funny. What that person over there... I mean, humour and offence are so intrinsically linked they're exactly yeah. they're almost exactly the same emotion you cannot help it that feeling of when you you hear something or see something and your stomach goes boom i'm personally offended exactly the same reaction to laughing you know so i talk a lot about that and a lot about the censorious nature of of of, of the left that um censorious censorious yeah. uh, censorship you know i mean in in our country people are going to prison for jokes you know there's there are people going to... i saw you made a video about that recently was it was it a it, it was a guy that taught his pug dog to do a nazi salute oh and, I and, that, yeah. and it was quite amusing because actually you think you know hitler's all about the aryan race you think of a pug dog that they, they they are you know they they are abominations of, of breeding you know and it, and it well, was he, it, he it, did it, he did it to his girlfriend's dog he did it so, to his girlfriend's dog because yeah. he wanted his girlfriend's dog the cutest thing on the planet to to be the the most abhorrent thing on the planet right? mm-hmm. but whatever it, not a particularly sophisticated joke not funny um, a lot of dedication. A lot of dedication. A lot of work. I'll give him that. Uh, the judge, uh, he's found guilty. Um, uh, the judge said that context and intent weren't important. Just the fact that the joke could be potentially offensive. Um, that's a dangerous road we're going down, if, if that's the case. Con- the context and intent of what you say doesn't matter. It's just the words you use. Um that's madness. I mean, it, it, this is happening really seriously. And there, 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 there's a girl who retweeted some rap lyrics um, on her Instagram page. Um, and we all know that some rap li- lyrics uh, routinely use the N-word. And um, she just took a screenshot and she put it on her Instagram. Um, she had to wear an electronic tag for three months. Because what? She's a danger to society. That, 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 that this is not that you're fighting the wrong fights uh, in that respect. I think it's really, really dangerous. Well, okay, to those, I would say I'm 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 inclined to believe when okay when when 
the bad thing happens, everybody is sort of trained to say, oh, look at that. That's where we are as a society now. Whereas I tend to think, no, it is still so remarkable as to be newsworthy when this happens. And nobody almost... Well, none of these things made the news. None of them made the news. Well, the Hitler dog, actually, we talked about him in my other radio show. Okay, yeah, we tra- yeah. I mean, UK, UK news, it didn't register. I guess I'm less concerned about the implications of where that could go, since I think it is a long road to where you're implying that could go. And in the here and now, I think the, the more clear and present danger is that we cannot talk to each other because everybody is so goddamn touchy that all you need to do is say one thing in a way the person you're speaking to would Mm -hmm. prefer that you don't say it and they feel like they are um, well within their rights to shut down the conversation and because they disagree with it I mean mean, and and, and and that can be that can be as simple as someone admitting that they voted differently to you Mm -hmm. I'm triggered I'm in a room with someone that thinks differently to me or votes I mean how dare you you must be a misogynist a racist stupid Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and, and that's that's the modus operandi of the left it's like you you think, and also the the you don't the, think le- the, the lefty. Do you don't think themselves. the right is also guilty of that? Um, less so, less so. Um, I mean, the thing is, because uh, I, 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 I think a lot of people. This is only from my, my point of view from UK politics. People on the right think they're right. People on the left think they're right, but that the right are evil. You know? Do you know what I mean? So 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 the left think that they are correct in their mm-hmm. beliefs and that anyone that thinks differently to them is evil. Whereas people on the right wing think I think we're correct about this. They don't think what the I, left are evil. What I find as somebody who's on a, a radio show, not this one, my my other job where I'm talking to an audience that's probably more right leaning than I am, no matter how many I'm stuck in in no man's land where yeah, I'm yeah. saying things that I would probably not say in front of some some friends of mine because they would consider it a betrayal to the left that still qualified me for a tweet from somebody saying, you know, go to hell Los Angeles snowflake. Yeah. So I So you're I, stuck in the middle. So Absolutely. everybody, well I I'm, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm probably like a 7 out of 10 on the on the right to left scale, mm-hmm. you know, maybe an 8, but it, it but it just I do find that the right is triggered is maybe not the word because they don't need to go hide in the panic room when you say something that offends them. But they are uh, totally dismissive as soon as you hit on a couple of the points. Even if you're not saying – as soon as you are are saying what they think you're saying, whatever their hot button is, it can disqualify you. And I know that you can't – you can only read so much to a couple of – There may be both sides do it, but the left certainly do that. They they prefer to – like, for example, I'm an advocate of free speech and and it doesn't seem very fashionable on the left these days. So because because I disagree with the prescribed liberal view at the moment is that free speech is dangerous – Pretty much, and because I don't prescribe to that I know particular you that, fashionable, but, yeah. um, I am. I mean, I've been called alt right. I've been called a Nazi apologist for for standing up for free speech, standing up for people who I disagree fundamentally disagree with, standing up for their right to express their opinion, uh, and and it's incredibly frustrating because in doing so, you go, you're just <coughs> you're losing. You lose the by by not in, engaging in a debate because you think the debate isn't worth happening and you think you've won the debate. So yeah, before you even showed up. Before you've even showed up. Yeah, you lose the debate. And that's what I meant when you I said it. when I said that I think more often than not, particularly for sure on social issues, the left has a winning hand and somehow keeps, and they blow it. Keeps losing. They the blow because they know they're right. Again. Yeah, and therefore they know the other person's wrong, mm-hmm. and therefore 
let's not bother listening to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we have to go. We are out of time. Can I quickly plug my show? Uh, please. I'm doing two shows uh, this Thursday. This might be out after that Thursday, but I'm doing two shows here in L.A. Next week, I'm in New York and uh, two shows in Washington, which is the night before the midterms. Perfect. So come, come see me. Yeah, you're at Jonathan Pie News on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Jonathan Pie Reporter, and people can get more on your tour and see the tour in case it doesn't come to one of their cities. Uh, uh, the Back to the Studio tour at JonathanPie.com. Thank you so much. Cheers.